Hey, what is going on, guys? And welcome to another narration of an article over on the collegeinfogeek.com blog. This is yet another article written by my good friend Ransom Patterson, who is a fantastic writer, has been doing some great work on the blog, and uh, I just really enjoy reading his articles and letting you guys have another way to consume them via the podcast for those of you who like to listen to things. Though, if you want to read this podcast, or not podcast, if you want to read this blog post, you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash b6 because that is the method that I have finally figured out should work pretty well for getting you back to the blog post if you don't happen to have the link in the show notes on your podcast app or in some other way. It's also pretty easy to find on the collegeinfogeek.com blog, but uh, if you want a short link, cigpodcast.com slash b6 is the one that you can use. It's the same short link generator that we use for the regular podcast episodes, and I think it's going to work pretty well. So anyway, in this post, uh, we're going to talk about learning styles. The post is called Forget Learning Styles, Focus on techniques instead and it's about this concept of uh, people having different learning styles you know visual learning styles auditory learning styles those kind of things and a lot of you have probably been told throughout your life that everyone has a certain learning style that they gravitate to or that they work best uh, by exploiting and as you're going to learn in this narration or in this article that may not be as true as you once thought it was so if you want to read that uh, I invite you to go read it on the site, but we are going to get into this narration now for those of you who want to listen. I first learned about learning styles from my middle school guidance counselor. Standing before the class in our monthly guidance session, she gave the following proclamation. There are three learning styles, auditory, visual, and kinesthetic. This test will help you determine which style comes most naturally to you. And we nodded our heads, picked up our pencils, and we took the test just like any other. Once the counselor guided us through the test's complicated rubric, I found that my learning style was visual. I carried that knowledge with me throughout the rest of my school and I never questioned it. I've always loved this neat explanation of three learning styles, and I've even used it to justify why I struggled with subjects like math. I said things like, it's just not visual enough, and I complained to my mom, even though the very visual subject of geometry was the one that I struggled with the most. So you can imagine my surprise when, after nearly 10 years of believing in it, I learned that the traditional idea of learning styles is wrong. Yep. Learning styles are a myth, and I actually plan to write a pretty straightforward article on the different learning styles and how knowing yours can help you study better, but then Thomas pointed me to this piece from Wired Magazine, and in it, psychologist Christian Jarrett explains that the idea of different learning styles simply isn't supported by existing research. So instead, today's article is all about debunking the myth of learning styles and focusing on what really matters, learning techniques. And by the end of this narration, you're going to know exactly what you need to actually focus on in order to learn and recall material effectively. I promise you, it's pretty fascinating stuff, so let's get started with the myth of learning styles, the origins of this. Now, to start here, how many learning styles do you think that there are? Well, it turns out that it actually depends on who you ask. Some say three, as I was taught, but others say four, and some even say seven. In fact, one literature review identified as many as 13. And even within each of the learning style models, there's no clear agreement about what each of the styles means. Just Google learning styles to see how ambiguous the situation really is. Even more important than the disagreement about the number of styles, however, is the problem with the larger learning styles model. As Christian Jarrett explains in the Wired 
Wired article mentioned above, most studies on learning styles reveal that people perform best when the learning style they use is most appropriate for the material they're learning, not the style they prefer. And to quote him, he says, Usually the most effective way for us to learn is based not on our individual preferences, but on the nature of the material we're being taught. Just try learning French grammar pictorially or learning geometry purely verbally. Furthermore, using a preferred quote-unquote learning style as opposed to an optimal one can actually be detrimental to your learning. In a 2013 paper on common educational myths, Paul Kirshner put it this way, quote, The individually preferred way of learning is often a bad predictor of the way people learn most effectively. What people prefer is often not what is best for them. And this makes sense. To paraphrase an example from the above article, you may prefer pizza, but kale is objectively better for you. In the same way, you may enjoy learning by watching videos, but actually perform better on tests when you study by using something like the Feynman technique. And even looking at my own experience, I found that I learned best using the learning style best suited to the material. I would never expect to learn geography only by reading about it or cooking just by watching videos of Jamie Oliver. I might enjoy watching the videos more, but thinking that it helps me learn better is to confuse enjoyment with effectiveness. To quote Kirshner again, a learning style that might be desirable in one situation might be undesirable in another situation due to the multifaceted nature of complex skills, end quote. So we've debunked the idea of learning styles. Now what? Should we give up on the theory of learning entirely? Well, I don't think so. Instead, I propose that instead of thinking about learning styles, it's much more useful to consider different learning techniques. While quote-unquote learning styles sounds like something that you either have or don't, learning techniques are much more like a box of tools that you can draw from and combine to fit the particular learning challenge. The number of learning techniques is probably infinite, but here are a few common ones that I find helpful. Number one, you have reading. Common to pretty much every class you'll take, I find reading really helpful for learning anything that requires a rigid step-by-step -step procedure. The written word also allows compression of large amounts of knowledge into a very portable, digestible format, so you tend to get more bang for your buck when reading a book versus watching a video. Number two, we have spaced repetition. If I need to memorize anything, spaced repetition is my go-to. And Thomas has a whole video that explains the technique in depth, but I find it super helpful for language learning, geography, and math equations especially. Third up, we have writing. Writing about a topic is a great way to find the holes in your knowledge, and it's especially helpful if you'll be required to write an essay about it for your class's final exam. The Feynman technique is one version of this, in which you take a blank piece of paper and you try to explain the topic in as simple language as you possibly can. This quickly reveals what material you need to study further. Next up, we have observing. This technique is what I think makes instructional videos so popular. It's just so much easier for Jacques Pepin to show you how to make the perfect French omelet than it is for a book to explain it. Observing also includes things like watching explainer videos or video tutorial content. And obviously, any kind of demonstration that a professor does in a class or lab is also a form of observation on your part. I think observing can be a very powerful technique if you use it correctly, but I also find that it's one of the easiest areas to confuse enjoyment with true understanding. For instance, if watching Khan Academy videos helps you to understand math concepts, that's great. But make sure to combine that watching with a healthy amount of math practice, since being able to do math is what ultimately matters for your class. Next up, we have discussing. And all this means is having a conversation with other people about the topic. I mean, I've never been a fan of studying in groups, but I imagine the reason some people find it helpful is that discussing the material out loud forces you to put it in your own words. 
The danger in this technique, though, and the reason that I sometimes avoid it, is that it's easy to get off topic. So I suggest limiting your discussions to one-on-one if you can, or using a professor's office hours as a chance to discuss the material with somebody who probably won't get off topic. Next up, we have listening. Now, when we read Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream in my ninth grade English class, my teacher had the inspired idea to have us listen to an audiobook of the play in class as we silently read along. This was hugely helpful to decoding the play's archaic language, and it's a technique I've used since extensively when studying other subjects such as Spanish. This is a prime example of where combining learning techniques leads to the best results. Next, we have practicing, and I say practicing instead of the popular doing because it emphasizes the need to be deliberate. You aren't just mindlessly repeating the act over and over, you're alertly practicing it and correcting yourself as needed. Now, the subject in which I have the most experience using this technique is music. No amount of mental tricks or creative techniques is going to get you around the time you need to spend carefully and methodically rehearsing scales, fingerings, phrasing, and exercises. If you're learning any subject where the ultimate outcome is some kind of product, anything from an essay to an equation to a conversation in another language, make sure to allow time for deliberate practice. And lastly, we have the technique of combining, because as I already alluded to, you can and should combine the above techniques. I'm learning Spanish, for instance, through a combination of live speaking practice, spaced repetition, reading, writing practice, and videos. If I followed the standard advice that I should learn only using my natural style, I'd probably be okay at reading Spanish, but useless at pretty much everything else. But how do you know which techniques are best for which subjects? Well, the key is experimentation. And we're going to talk now about how to experiment with learning. First, to quote Paul Lockhart in A Mathematician's Lament, quote, we are all born into this world and at some point we will die and that will be that. In the meantime, let's enjoy our minds and the wonderful and ridiculous things we can do with them. I don't know about you, but I'm here to have fun. End quote. In college, you're expected to do a lot more learning on your own. Your classes may require you to do certain readings, submit homework assignments, and obviously to attend the lectures, but beyond that, it's pretty much up to you how you learn the material. Don't view this as a burden. Rather, embrace it as an opportunity to experiment with different learning techniques. Now, many of you are understandably uncomfortable with the idea of experimenting with anything that can affect your grade, so let me be clear. I'm not saying you should just blindly use one technique to study for a test and then pick another random one for the next and then compare them to see which got you a higher grade. That's not just reckless, it's also poor experimental design. Instead, I suggest you experiment with learning techniques in a context where the stakes are low. A great way to do this is either to make your own quizzes for a subject you're trying to learn or to just find practice material online. Study the material using one method, test yourself, and then wait a couple of days to allow the memory to fade somewhat. Then use a different method with a different quiz and compare results. It's hard to do this in a completely unbiased way, since you're likely to do better the second time around due to prior exposure to the material, but it is a good enough method for our purposes. Plus, you'll be learning regardless, so it's basically a win-win. I'd also suggest that you both embrace and challenge your intuition. If you assume that studying material one way will be the best for you, then by all means try that first. But don't be afraid to try a completely opposite method later. You may be surprised to find that the other method works better. For instance, the intuitive way for most people to memorize something is just to repeat it over and over to themselves, which is called memorizing by rote. Even though a method like space repetition is far more effective, it's not something people would naturally try or even know about. But once they test it and see how superior it is, they will never go back. So have an open mind and test, test, test. 
So in conclusion, as you can now see, how we learn is much, much more wonderfully complicated than anything that a simplistic learning styles model can ever encompass. Furthermore, the most effective learning comes from using the techniques that work best for the material in question and for you yourself. With the proper combination of techniques under your belt and plenty of experimentation, you'll be equipped to learn just about anything. So I hope this article has gotten you excited about the topic of learning, or at the very least, inspired you to try out some new learning techniques that you haven't tried out in the past. If you want to learn more about the subject of learning in general, I recommend a few different resources. There's an article on College Info Geek called How to Learn More Outside of Class Than You Ever Could Inside It, and there's also a book called Holistic Learning by Scott Young. Lastly, there's an article called The Art and Science of Learning Anything Faster by Tim Ferriss, so check all those out. And if you have any comments, there will be a thread for this article in the College Info Geek community, which You'll find linked from the blog post itself. And if you don't remember the article's URL, it is a cigpodcast.com slash B6, or you'll find it right on collegeinfoge.com slash blog. So thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you found this helpful and I will see you in the next narration.